Hello again, don't miss this. <laughs> I genuinely think we are the only listeners. I still haven't managed to get him to listen to any of them. Yeah, Miss Doubles hasn't So hello, ads from the future. How are you doing? <laughs> Is Corona over? Or are we in an even deeper lockdown living underground? <laughs> God, I hope not. Um, okay, so I guess today we're going to continue our emotion series. Yes. Much to our surprise. Speaking yes. of surprise. Let's uh, segue into today's theme. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Wait, I yes. did have a definition. Let me get it up. Okay. I, can't, I actually can't remember what we're doing. Surprise and... Yeah, we'll do a phrase. Fear? Slash surprised. Free. Perfect. Okay. Okay, we'll just do surprise because, like, what even is afraid? Okay. Or is afraid fear? Is fear the emotion? Yeah, fear, fear slash surprise. I'd say we'll we'll combine them. Um, okay. But it says about surprise, um, it's usually quite brief and is characterized by a physiological startle response following something unexpected. It can be positive, negative, or neutral. An unpleasant surprise, for example, might involve someone jumping out from behind the tree and scaring you. As you walk to your car at night. Sorry, that's not funny, but... <laughs> well, it would be unpleasant. Oh, out from behind the tree, okay. <laughs> like, inside the tree. It's like a monkey onto your car bonnet. <laughs> An example of a pleasant surprise would be arriving home to find your close friends with gals to celebrate your birthday. Um, face expressions such as raising brows, jumping back, yelling, screaming, blah, blah, blah. So that's surprise. And fear is um, a powerful emotion that can also play an important role in survival. Uh, and that's the flight or fight response. I think they're kind of similar, but maybe fear is just a prolonged, nasty surprise. <laughs> well, I feel like fear and anxiety are kind of... Like, thinking about the definitions, I think that, like therapy has given me fear and anxiety seem to be the same thing it's just that anxiety is your response to fear um so then yeah so surprise is like I don't know I wonder with with us whether surprise a nasty surprise would end up like <laughs> kick-starting like an anxiety response and maybe it would be less brief I don't yeah know. yeah that's true yeah because then it's all the things that can potentially go wrong yeah. but I would say even a pleasant surprise isn't pleasant to start with like when people yell surprise <laughs> it's not a nice a nice thing to begin with no because you're shocked yeah exactly exactly and you're like oh god what what oh it's for my birthday why thank you but then it kind of strays into the happiness i wouldn't say it's necessarily oh it's so lovely to have my heart racing <laughs> a million miles an hour <laughs> Well, and there's some people that really hate, like, they're like, do never, never give me, like, a surprise birthday party or whatever. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I think it's because you're, you're more the centre of attention than you normally are on your birthday. Yeah. Too much. Too much. <laughs> do you like surprises? No, I hate surprises. <laughs> do you like surprises? Mm, not really. <laughs> and I remember hearing a thing once where a guy was like, um... 
oh, you like surprises, but the ones that you don't like are just called problems. <laughs> like, people like unexpected nice things happening, but when it's an unexpected bad thing, they're like, no, that's a problem. That's, that's not good, but that would also be a surprise, so. <laughs> it's true, it's true. I don't really, I just feel like I kind of um, spend a lot of time going out of my way to make sure nothing is a surprise. Yeah, I mean, that's the point of anxiety. <laughs> yes. We navigate or think about every path, so there are no surprises. <laughs> but then, even then, whatever does happen is usually not something that I've thought of, so. <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true. But I think, I think that fear and surprises are slightly different, but, hmm. but fundamentally the surprise is about fear. It's... Yeah, I'd say that I I think that fear is a more integral human emotion than surprises. Yeah, but I think I wonder if so when you're surprised, the the instant you're surprised, you feel fear, and then it either moves into happiness or like a continuation of that fear, and then the having to problem solve. So I think you're right that fear is like, but fear is the thing that you feel straight away. So really surprise isn't I see I wouldn't say surprise is necessarily like I mean it is an emotion but it's not like an emotion emotion yeah 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 I think that fear is much bigger in something that that we we grapple with in lots of different ways I mean yeah. so many things are based on fear you know the fear of failing or are mm. you going to be good enough or like in religious terms also if you're going to be good enough actually but like fear of the devil or um evil or whatever it's like it's it's all around and probably throughout human history there's been that good and bad yeah. and fear yeah. is what comes from the the bad yes you know, it's really interesting because a, a while ago I was talking to like Julian about how you know how should you try and aim to live your life not that you are gonna hit that all the time but it was like um you should aim not to be making decisions from fear, but you also shouldn't be aiming to make decisions like because you want to get like because you want to engineer something happening. You kind of need to make them more not rationally, but kind of like from a middle ground of like, I'm not doing this thing because I'm afraid of some consequence and I'm not doing this thing because. I think it's going to make everyone think I'm amazing, which is also kind of fear-based because you're like, I'm afraid people are going to think I'm not cool if I don't do the thing. <laughs> um, and that you need to kind of be like, okay, well, if I'm making a decision, I need to really listen to what the fear is and say, okay, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do something because I'm afraid I'm going to do it because it's the right choice. Yeah, yeah. Um which I've kind of tried to adopt, but it's really hard because I feel like more of decisions than you know are fear-based decisions. Yeah. Like, generally, it's kind of weird breaking them down and being like, oh, actually, the reason I'm doing that is because I was afraid of this thing that I didn't know I was afraid of until I sat down and thought what about why I'm making this decision. Yeah, that's true. That's really true. Because I, I feel like I could much more easily identify if if a situation was making me uh, if a situation or a feeling came from anger or sadness 
but I, I wouldn't really ever know to be like okay what am I what am I scared of fundamentally and I've yeah. I've had this conversation before you know when when it's like late at a party and you try and get deep and someone's yes. like what's your fear <laughs> and my first response is always to answer or spiders but then someone else comes in with something really deep. They're like, yeah, you know, the meaning of life and death and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like, actually, I probably do fear that more, but I just don't want to. I feel like it's like an extra depth that you have to think about to to recognize those fears. Like, Yeah. I wonder if it's like, you know, like a background fear that you have all the time that just fades into the sort of, you know, the depths of your psyche because it's like, well, I can't face this every day because I would go insane, so. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, that's what existentialism is, isn't it? Just like, yeah the dread of existence. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be dealing with that every day, it's too much. I know. Until they until they pop rear their head up when you're when you're you know, like we were talking about children and then suddenly it's like a a fear arrives that's like, you know and we're like, I don't even know I had that fear until now. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, probably probably actually lockdown has lent itself to me overthinking those bigger fears more than I normally yeah. would. I just go go about my humdrum existence and not really think about it. But but do you also think it's because we're like uh, fairly well off in world terms, mm. white women who don't really have that many problems? Do you think that's why we have the luxury of considering those fears on a deeper or more philosophical level? Yeah, I, well, I think that's probably true, because if you live somewhere where death is like a, you know, a daily thing you have to contend with, that it might just happen and it's really like almost inevitable then I wonder if you know you know, the the deep humdrum fears get moved back to like the deep thing you know and people go oh what's your greatest fear at a party and they're like oh spiders if I really dig deep <laughs> that's so true that's so true yeah I don't know but then there's also it's weird because I don't know if this is now verging on like on being scared but there's other stuff that I wouldn't say it's a fear but it creeps me out like like ghosts <laughs> that's a fear and it's not that same like uh fight and flight thing but it's like do you remember in Leipzig when I had that phase where I woke up at three every morning and I was like the witching hour <laughs> the <ghost laughs> yes the ghost are here and it's that like kind of all-consuming like your your mind is kind of playing tricks on you but it's not mm. that same, it's not fear, that's more, and it's not a surprise, it's something else. I mean, it kind of is fear, isn't it? But it's like, it's almost like fear of the unknown. Oh, probably, yeah. It's just, it's just another fear that I'm trying to disguise and rationalise. I'm like, it can't be a deep fear, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't possibly be afraid of ghosts, they don't exist. Yeah. Though, oh... Oh no! I just I read something really interesting in that book, the parenting one, um, about how when you have like children have fears of like monsters under the bed and things like that, and I'm just sort of thinking about your fear of ghosts being maybe a similar kind of thing, is that when you've got something that you're not dealing with, 
in your daytime life that can kind of translate to almost like supernatural fears because you're pushing it into another space subconscious so realm it, yeah so then it has to kind of be translated into something so then it's like oh ghosts and what are ghosts a representation of for you what fear is is it actually um that you haven't been tackling so at that point in your life like what was the thing that was that was the ghosts in your in your subconscious oh interesting that at that point probably it was fear of not finding a job of being unemployed yes. of being a failure yeah and the ghosts going, woo, we're going to be unemployed. <laughs> Just lying there at 3am like there's something in the room. What is it? Oh, wait, it's my deepest, darkest face. Yes. Of my own self. <laughs> I think it's really hard to do that for yourself. Um, oh, my mum was talking about this book that she's reading, which is about a psychotherapist who... Um, started going to therapy herself and she can do all these insights for her patients but for herself she's like a really bad client because she can't like make those connections going on yeah Yeah. it's true you need the objectivity to kind of be like yeah i can see the whole picture here yeah because we're i mean each of us are probably in so deep that that we've told ourselves lies our whole lives to cover up whatever those fears are so yeah. it's not something that you can figure out on your own because as soon as you try to, just, there'll just be a barrier or yeah, some other feeling or something. And I was thinking about, like, your fear of, like, kind of going outside and, and I was thinking, is it, like, is, is it, what is the fear? Is it the fear of, the, is it fear of the people or the fear of the outside? And if it's fear of the people, is it that people are going to judge you or laugh at you or something because suddenly there's more of them to do that? Or is it like fear of being outside because you've been inside so long that it's almost like your body's unused to the the experience of being outside? Yeah, the, I the... think it's more that. And this is, this is probably another thing to bring up because I remember us talking about it when we did the quarantine podcast. Um, mm. Agoraphobia <clears throat> yes. was the fear of crowds, wasn't it? And I remember at the time being kind of like, Oh yeah, and maybe you know. But at that point, the <clears throat> the lockdown was so insignificant to now, in comparison. Um, but I think that's definitely it. It's a fear. It's a phobia. Again, I don't know if that's a fear of crowds, mm. which is kind of irrational because I'm very cautious when I'm out and about anywhere. I would wear a mask or something. So it's not a rational fear. But then, is a phobia a rational fear, or is it just? I don't know how they come about either or but fear itself is not meant to be rational I think that's the point is fear fear takes over the part of your brain that is rational and goes shut up (laughs) there's something dangerous because some of the phobias are really there's some odd ones like people not liking things on the left like yeah. what's the only thing to the left or like I I'm sure yeah. that when we were teenagers we found one which was about um peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Oh yeah. Was... <laughs> There's your baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh gosh. So I don't know if maybe like because that's interesting because because for me emotions aren't very sciencey. Like you can have the, the physical response. But I would say that mm. a phobia is more um sciencey or psychology like 
than a fear yeah. is for me. I like I kind of separate out that emotion and the the science, but they're probably intertwined. So I think it was so. It's another thing of the therapy therapist. This recent one has really been helpful with is she sort of talks about the like the science of your brain. And she was like, when you feel afraid, particularly when you're somebody who's like an anxious person and you have that anxious response, fear is, fear is, you have fear for a reason. And in prehistoric times, fear basically means that you are able to deal with the situation without having to travel through that logical part of your brain, work it out. Yeah. So she's like, the kind of dangers you had then, you don't have now. You have dangers that are just there's like your brain is responding to um stimulus and a lot of it looks scary and if you're somebody like me or you we have like a you know there are a lot more things that we think are dangerous and our brain's like that's dangerous that's dangerous that's dangerous and that just switches off your logical part of your brain which is why then we have the whole thing of like you know when you're in a complete anxiety moment you can't you can't talk yourself out of it because the logical brain has literally switched itself off. See, I see. Yeah, because we've often talked before about, like, you can see the situation from the rational side, but you just can't get yourself there. Yeah. Like, I know what the rational thing to do is, but I can't, I can't do it. I can't do that yeah. side of things. Uh, yeah. So then it's because of this, the flight and fight response kind yeah. of thing there. Interesting. Very interesting. So, um, so I think it's that thing as well of, like, um when people are like talk about fear that they're, they're sort of and that, that it's like oh you should be able to just not be afraid of something it's like well I mean you can expose yourself to things so that you become less you have less of a like a an extreme response to it I mean that's the whole point of CBT therapy but you're never gonna not be afraid of it you're just gonna be less afraid yeah well, especially with something so fundamental as well like probably we could slough off the the smaller fears but when it yeah. comes down to the bigger things that yeah i mean like 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 all of every human is probably scared of death or mm. something that doesn't the universe you know something that doesn't have an answer yeah and I think that's that's probably a solution to fear as well isn't it if someone can categorically say that's not I mean that's never gonna that's probably wouldn't happen anyway because a lot of the situations we feel fearful for something bad probably would happen um but stuff like I don't know like aliens there's no evidence to say categorically you don't need to be scared of that (laughs) it's like you can't so then you can't switch that off you can't say there's no reason to be fearful there because there might be yeah Uh, but I also think it's really interesting that like so you're talking about sort of fear of death and then you have people who are religious and aren't afraid of it because they so strongly believe that there's like this this thing that happens afterwards so they're not really dying kind of thing and I, I wonder if that's like so you have like a rational response to you know a fear and then you have almost like a I hesitate to say this because it's very rude about religion, but basically like a fantastical response to fear, which is like, the only solution is this magic god man. (laughs) And heaven is there waiting for me. Yeah. 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 No, I see that. But 
but I, I, I wonder what that's like to be, to be comforted for, from all of it. Because I imagine that probably a lot of my big fears come back to the, the existentialism of like what it is to be human. And when if you take that all away and you're like, well, everything's going to be okay in the end. I, w- I wonder how that feels. <laughs> I wonder if there's just way more space for, <laughs> for thinking and feeling like so much more brain power. <laughs> Either that or it's just blank space, you know? <laughs> Perhaps. That's not so true. I don't know, like calmness. <laughs> Tranquility. Probably. Well, because that's what, like, the um, meditation and things tries to do is to clear all that stuff yeah. away so that you have just got that headspace. Did you watch the that? Um, I think it was actually by Headspace, um, the meditation thing on Netflix. No, I didn't because it sounds really weird, but I think I'm afraid of meditation. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I remember also talking with um to change the subject side, but talking with someone mm. and they were saying that the phrase um nothing matters to mm. them is a huge comfort. Like Really? Yeah, whatever happens in the day to day, if they fuck up, it's okay because ashes to ashes, dust to dust, you know, whatever. <laughs> we die, that's it. We're probably not gonna leave a last impression. To me, that opens up like a black hole of terror. (laughs) Nothing matters. Like, what is the point? Um, Like, why kind of, again, this is is maybe why we're here and what, what, like you said, what should be tested. But if none of this matters, why do I try so hard? And why do I make myself better and give everything? Which is a very selfish way of thinking, but when it's like that it's like why would I even try and make a difference if if none of it's going to be worth it but then is it about the journey not the destination yeah but um, I mean I think that idea that nothing matters is is completely untrue because you like you know that if somebody said someone something nice to you in a day or something horrible both of those will have an impact on your day so they yeah and they matter to you so maybe it doesn't matter in the sense of like the universe is four point something billion trillion years old and in the grand scheme of things we're a speck of time on a speck of time on a you know jeremy Jeremy, whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but all of our actions matter they just don't like so whatever some Roman dude did in you know Roman times mattered to the people who lived at the same time as him, and some of those actions still matter today because they built a fucking straight road or whatever it is. But some of those things don't matter. But they mattered at the time. That's, that's true. That's true. And if, if you want to think that nothing matters and that makes you feel comforted, then great. But it doesn't mean that you can go around being a dick. Because... No, no, true. True, but I think, I know, I mean, um, probably I said it wrong. I think it more for them, it's like, it's like it doesn't matter if things go wrong. They've kind yeah. of like surpassed that fear. And they're like, yeah. 
I don't know. Oh, well, I lost the job. Okay, that's cool, you know. Nothing matters or, like, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. See, I think that's really nice. But I think that, that you know, what's his name? Nietzsche. He's the he, or Nietzsche. He's the one who said all of that, right? And I think a lot of people use that rhetoric to be like, well, I can just be, like, mean and nothing matters. And I, I like that, you know, it sounds like that person's taken it and gone, okay, I'm not going to let the the minutiae of the day-to-day, like, hold me down because actually in the grand scheme of things, they don't matter, matter. But I think if I start to think that, then I will go literally insane. <laughs> yeah. I think I just need, I need to do that. Maybe not so much, like, it doesn't matter, but just let it go. These, yeah. smaller, these smaller fears or inconveniences or surprises or whatever, just be like, okay, that doesn't matter. That's okay. We can just move on. Yeah. But you're right that each, each one of our lives matters equally. And, mm. um, yeah, just, you're right, being a dick to someone is never excusable. <laughs> That's going to, like, ruin someone's day or... And I think, like, even things that, like, feel really stressful or mistakes that we make and things that I know you and I probably, like, obsess over way more than we need to, all of those things teach us something that we then take... Like, so even though the experience itself was really horrible and you kind of want to let it go, by processing it, then you're learning something from it. I mean, I was thinking about, um, oh God, it must have been, it was in the midst of me feeling really, really anxious and I was living here with my dad. And um, I can't remember what happened, but I just got myself into a bit of a, like a panic attack, basically. And he, you know, was like, oh, let's let's just go for a walk at the beach. It's three in the morning, but I've woken up and I'm here for you. And I think for me, you know, as having had like difficult relationship sort of at various points, um, it, the thing that I learned from it is that actually, you know, he does love me. It doesn't really matter what happens. He's always going to love me and be there for me. So I can now hold that as a thing I know, which before I didn't, I didn't know I knew it, if that makes sense. And I'm like, that was horrid and I never, ever want to do it again. But I got this amazing, like, knowledge out of it. Oh, that's really nice. I didn't know he'd done that. No, no, it's just kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's, I think it's that thing of then, and then I also know that even if he does things that frustrate me or, you know, are difficult or whatever... That I've I've got this really really firm piece of knowledge that's never gonna change now because I had this horrible experience and he was there for me during it so yeah well yeah from from anything bad something good comes out you know it's yeah as we said in in the happiness episode if you if you were just happy all the time life would be insanely boring and okay those yeah. fears or sadnesses or whatever it's hard to dig into but they're important to offer that the dark to the to the light yeah okay here's here's a good one what's what's a nice surprise let's go back to surprises what's a nice surprise that happened to you this week this week yeah i've got to think how this one oh No, no, nice surprise. Yeah, you you had a barbecue. Oh, that was a nice surprise. That's true. 
Yeah, no, that was lovely. That was just, yeah. But it was like, I, it was a surprise, but it didn't give me that feeling of surprise, if that makes sense. No, why? Because it wasn't like, uh, surprise! And I was like, oh, oh, wow, I'm shocked. Yeah, but it was the same, like, I was going to say my mum was the, my mum sent me a letter in the post, but I didn't open the post box and go, whoa. <laughs> a letter, oh. <laughs> My heart is pounding. Flight or fight. <laughs> Throw the letter down the... <laughs> exactly, it was just like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like the letter in Harry Potter, where it comes out and it... Oh, the howler. The howler, yeah. It wasn't like that, didn't it? He jumped. Not old Weasley. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, because like, those are both surprises. You go into mm. the me getting a letter, but they're not this same surprise. Yeah. I also think that I wonder, it's the same thing, I think, where people try and simplify human experience down to, like, a word. And it's like, well, okay, but that works for this version of surprise, but not that version of surprise, so. True. Well, I mean, yeah, we are simplifying things, but you're right that probably um, <laughs> they, they, the scientific terms have the emotional range of a teaspoon. Yes. <laughs> the actual range of emotions we can feel on any given day. And probably there are some things we feel that don't have a... Like, yeah. I remember sometimes trying to describe stuff in therapy, and I was like, but that's not sadness, and it's not anger. It's something something else, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's, um... Sanger. <laughs> yes. I'm really sangry! Yeah, something else. I don't know. Um, yeah, so... There you go. Yeah. Done and dusted. Fear and... Surprise, I reckon. We've covered them. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think we talked about a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't expect to come under the kind of... <laughs> it's particularly accurate, but then as we just described, you can't really sum these things up in a sentence even. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... And it's so individual to the person as well. And I think it's very easy to talk to you because a lot of the time we have kind of overlap in what our, um, I, I don't know, it's not like, because our anxieties aren't necessarily even the same, but something about overlap in the way that we almost think about the world makes it easier to talk to you about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think, I think though I do need to pay more attention to those, to these kind of fears, because I, I recognise when I'm sad and I'm like, okay, I need to cry or when I'm angry and I need to let that out. But I'm not very good at dealing with the fear side of things, which is probably the main one. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you just need a person to, you know, help you clear the the stuff around it so you can see it better. Yeah, I, def- I definitely need some therapy. <laughs> That's already been decided. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, well, let's leave it there then. Every every non-listener out there, get some therapy. Everybody needs therapy. I think it should just be mandatory at this point. I agree, I agree. And uh, Kate and Zoe, if you're listening in the future, maybe uh, think about getting more therapy too. If you've stopped, why go back? 
Just a little checkup. <laughs> oh, I'm fine on this. <laughs>